Welcome to another episode of Free Basketball brought to you a part of the lead sports media, or at least we think we're still part of the lead. I don't know. Maybe after their first episode, they decided to cancel us. Here we are again talking about the playoffs update. We got a lot of topics to go over, so we're going to try to move through a lot of things because we're going to be talking a playoffs update. The NBA lottery happened. So we got to talk about that order a little bit. And then there's, this is going to be a couple weeks old, but we've had a lot of turnover already with executive positions in the NBA and coaches. So obviously I have to ask my co-host thoughts about that. So let me bring him in real quick before we start this off. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. What game you playing? Uh, I'm not playing any games. I'm actually watching SummerSlam at the moment. Um, so I'm going to stop playing games on my phone to talk to you, but I'm still going to watch SummerSlam. So <laughs> I don't know if that's any better. It's okay. We're used to it. Cody, <laughs> how are you over there? I am excellent. I'm just uh, measuring out and chalk lining this wall <laughs> to uh, hang some picture frames <laughs> later. So I'm going to be real dialed in. Just chalked in, chalking walls. Yeah. Chalked in. I'm. I'm. You could say I'm level-headed. <laughs> well, I think this is going to be a really fun episode. Got a lot of topics to get through, so let's get to it. Playoffs update. Here's what we have in the scenario so far. So what we know definitely is that two teams have advanced, both in sweeps of their series. The Boston Celtics swept the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Toronto Raptors swept the Brooklyn Nets, which I feel like I don't know how much we want to talk about each situation individually, maybe just kind of hit on them. But obviously both sweeps the teams they were playing were obviously dealing with a lot of injury issues especially two top stars brooklyn obviously no kd no kyrie irving no deandre jordan if you want to consider him a top star cody i don't know what you think about that but uh you know he's uh he's deandre jordan you know his name (laughs) the other one of course the man can rebound and he can set a screen the, Ooh, he can he can dunk an alley The big one that's going to be hotly talked about and a lot of blame being thrown around is obviously the Philadelphia 76er situation. I think Ben Simmons is going to get a lot of love. He's going to come out a winner from all of this because of last year, it took a couple lucky bounces for Kawhi Leonard in a Game 7 to advance them to the Eastern Conference Finals, it could have very easily have been the 76ers team. Now, obviously, the big difference is they didn't have Simmons at all, and, of course, they did not have Jimmy Butler. So, Daniel, if you were to assign blame, would you like could would you feel good about blaming someone at the coach or players or Embiid for not bringing it, or was it simply just a unfortunate timing with Simmons got injured or was this team always fundamentally flawed from the beginning? Well, I think they've always been flawed to a point. Um, I, I think in the end, uh, you can't blame injuries because that happens. Um, you can't blame the people that are on the court and the actual players that are trying their best when there's injuries that have happened. So you don't have your full, you know, you know, 
gauntlet of people to put out there, your your full team, your full players. Uh, so in the end, I really blame the person who constructs this. Mm. And the people that are at the top putting together these players, knowing that you're paying a, a lot of guys or a few guys a lot of money and the fit just didn't look good on paper. The fit didn't look good on the court. And I feel like they're just not trying to be innovative and try something different and maybe move some people around and try a trade here and there. Um, I know they got Jimmy Butler, uh, what was it, two years ago now? A year ago? It seems forever. Yeah. Um, when he was there. But, uh, yeah, it was um, – I just feel like, honestly, it's just – the people that are putting it together and whether that was, was it Elton brand back in the day who did it, uh, signed, uh, Al Horford to a huge contract. Well, this was I his think first year. Al Horford is still is the GM. No, Elton brand. Al Horford's a GM. No. <laughs> yeah. Elton brand is the GM. Elton Maybe Fran. Alfred Horford. Is. Al Horford might be better suited to be the beat to be the GM. Maybe I they don't should know. Switch roles. Maybe for what it they're would paying. work out. Yeah, maybe. No, Elton Brand yeah, so. is in his first official year as GL. Yeah. And it's just a oh. disaster. Yeah, because it was gotcha. it was uh was last year Colangelo or was no. it the year before? Brett Brown. Brett Brown was doing it. Oh, that's right. Wow. So he's another one to blame. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't keep up with the Philadelphia market and uh, and honestly the seventy six was a whole lot very closely. Um but in the end, I don't think this looks good on paper. It hadn't looked good on the court. Uh, they've always underachieved, so I think they have to really look at this team now going forward and see what they can do, whether they need to break it up or bring in a couple of pieces and move around some pieces. So uh, I've seen a lot of uh, stuff on the Internet um, about the Grizzlies as well that ties into the 76ers. So, mm. uh, like what? Maybe well, let's all... talk about that in a little bit because I do want right, to – I, I am going to circle back to them when we talk about this executive turnover. Because I feel like we need to talk about Brett Brown's situation. It might be outdated when this comes out because he might have been fired already. But we're going to talk about that <laughs> later. So let's keep that cat in the bag for a second. Um, I think that cat's probably out of the bag. Meow. Obviously, the big loss for the 76ers was Jimmy Butler leaving, right? Because by yeah. the time this comes out, Miami may have closed out the Pacers and have swept them. So we are in a scenario in the East where three of the four series were sweeps. By the time, hopefully we're not super outdated, but I assume yeah. that the Heat will sweep, uh, which sets up an interesting second round matchup for the East because we'll have Milwaukee, Miami, and the Celtics and Raptors. Celtics and Raptors, Chalk. I think, is going to be just a fantastic series. The Bucks and Heat, I'm not so sure about, but I think it's going to be entertaining. Now, Cody, you said chalk. You don't think we're going to see any upsets at all? It's going to be a Bucks Raptors Eastern Conference Finals again. The Celtics and the Raptors, I'm more interested in that series than the Heat and the and the Bucks. I just think the Bucks are too good. Okay, so you're not worried about Chris Middleton's recent struggles. Brooke Lopez's struggles. You think they'll be right the ship right. in the second round? They'll be all right. Okay. So you think it's going to be Raptors Bucks Eastern Conference Finals again? A repeat of last year? I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sold on the Raptors, but probably. Okay, Daniel. Do you feel the same? 
Yeah, um, I'd say uh, Bucks Raptors, just because I think the other uh, two teams have more flaws. Um, I'm not ever. I've never been a big Miami fan, and honestly, they haven't shown me anything still, even against the Pacers. I think the Pacers are kind of a shell of themselves right now, and they've kind of it's shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think easily Bucks get back on track, and I think in a seven game series, I think Giannis wins out. Gotcha. Interesting. I actually, I really like the Celtics, and I know they played against a pretty bummed up 76ers, but I've just really liked the Celtics. I could see them advancing and maybe even making the finals now. I'm just kind of all in on what they're going for. So I, I think they have too many the same player, uh, honestly. That's yeah, just what that looks like to me. It's fair, and yeah. the Gordon Hayward thing may loom large in the second right. round against the Raptors when they can game plan around it, but... Now, the West, the West is super interesting. All the series are up for grabs. Well, sort of. Oklahoma City Thunder were able to save face on their series by winning that game in overtime. That was a super fun game. I felt at the beginning, anyways, that was going to be a super competitive series. But so far, the Rockets have kind of just dominated, really. Like, in the first two games that they won, the Thunder didn't. They looked completely outmatched. And that surprised me. Cody, have you been surprised by the Rockets, or did you think this was something we're going to see? Well, I think if you go back to our earlier uh, podcast, I did say probably, I can't remember exactly what I predicted the number of games, but I think it was five or six for the Rockets. Mm. I was the dissenting opinion in the the discussion there. That is true. I said the Rockets would win it. I just like, the Rockets are just, like they have too many, there's too many people on the floor that can score. Yeah, everybody can shoot. There's too it much seems ground like. to cover for. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much for Stephen Adams to have to go out there, and try to hang around exactly. on those screens and yeah. you know switching off and. But Daniel, I mean, we both yeah. picked the the Thunder, I believe, in this series. Right. I mean, the Thunder yeah, stole I, one in overtime. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I mean, their three guards had like eighty of their points or something like that, or ninety of their points. I right. mean, I assume they won't be able to replicate that same kind of production from Schroeder, SGA, and Chris Paul for you know three more games. Yeah. So, it, do you think the Rockets? I mean, it's, I know it's only two one, but do the Rockets have this in the bag? Does it feel like that? Because it kind of feels that way to me. It does, unless Billy Donovan, um, who was one of the better coaches this year, figures out a way to change it. Um, just look at the stats the last game. They just let Harden, you know, 27 attempts and Eric Gordon 24 attempts, and they both shot not great. So I, I don't know if it's more about Houston didn't shoot as well because, you know, the bench or there are other people that are not their top players, like P.J. Tucker went one for five. So – I think there's potential to see that the Rockets didn't play well, but eventually somebody has to will their style of play on the other, and the Rockets have done that so far. The Mm -hmm. only other way that Oklahoma City can get this changed over is to, you know, put the ball through the hoop so the other team can't get out in transition um, and also kind of play a half-court style basketball game because when the Rockets get going up and down the court, and they're able to shoot, you know, 53 pointers a game, that's okay. But if you kind of break them down and slow the pace down a little bit and feed the ball into the paint, I think that's when you play your own style. 
because there's nobody on this team that can guard uh, Stephen Adams. Right. Why they're not putting this through the paint, I don't know. And Stephen Adams, he's played 35 minutes last game, six points, 13 rebounds. What? How is that possible? Right. So I, I don't know. I, I think Billy Donovan needs to figure out something with his team if he's gonna if he's gonna do something and change the series. If not. The Rockets are going to run away the next two next two games. Yeah, I I kind we should have known better than to go against the Rockets when I agree when we knew that they couldn't go to the strip club. We should have known <laughs> that that would have been a huge advantage that they're actually going to bed and not going to the strip club at four a.m. We should have known they would be like this. That shame on us. The the first round, yeah. Second round, eh. well, let's talk about what that potential matchup could be because the Lakers are up two one on the Blazers. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Blazers. They've had two kind of rough games after running off. It felt like on the Lakers in Game One, the Lakers ran off right. on them in Game Two, and you know, kind of grinded out Game Three. But it's been just like a steady diet of offensive rebounding and just being super physical and throwing bodies at Dame and uh cj so i to me i can i still think the lakers are still going to win this in five or six i don't know if y'all have differing opinions if you think the blazers are going to be able to come back but just the time of play like we said they were going to be gassed like injuries are starting to pile up cj's back probably starting to bother him more dame with the dislocated finger i mean nurkic looks gassed every game we know what white side's going to give you. Gary Trent Jr. starting to be Gary Trent Jr. that we know again. So, <laughs> I mean, Cody, you think this plays out pretty easily over the next couple games for the Lakers, or is this going to be a seven-game run? I predicted that the Lakers would win the title. I stand by my prediction. Okay. So you think it's hmm. done pretty quickly within the next two Yeah, games. I mean, like, like there's just – the Lakers just have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is like when you have the two best guys in the series, you're probably like the team with the better players typically is the team that wins and the team that has the better players is the Lakers. Gotcha. Now I don't even want to really talk about Denver Utah series. Cause it's, I mean, the first game was cool and everything else has been kind of boring because that was a really fun first game going into overtime and, you know, Denver just going nuts or Jamal Murray going nuts in overtime. And really the past, you know, couple games have just been really boring. Like Denver just looks done. Like I thought at first if they get Gary Harris back and Will Barton back, kind of get in a groove, like they would be a, you know, sneaky contender to make it to the Western Comfort Smiles and upset the Clippers. But Will Barton has left the bubble. It seems like he's going to be done. Gary Harris has still not touched a basketball yet. He was listed as doubtful for the other night's game or last night's game, whatever it was. So they're just not getting those guys back, and they're just have to, having to play, you know, their nine or tenth men a lot. So I, it's yeah. not a super interesting series to me unless someone has a differing opinion. Uh, but I assume that we think the Jazz, who, you know, before all this, the Jazz – were you know we didn't feel really good about them at all in the bubble restart and they just kind of get fortunate with the matchup of the nuggets i mean do you think the jazz kind of continue rolling here or is this gonna be a weird six or seven game series just because both teams are battling injuries and both teams aren't gonna blow your doors off 
I think this series is pretty much done. And I know that uh, before coming into this, the Jazz looked horrible. Denver was kind of exciting with Michael Porter Jr. Um, early in the the scrimmages, uh, Bowl Bowl was the talk of the town. So Denver has been, yeah. you know, Bowl Bowl. <laughs> Denver has looked good, and they've looked like they're going to be okay. And then the first game, Jamal Murray kind of answered Donovan Mitchell, and they won that first game. Well, ever since then, nobody has helped. And that second game, Jamal Murray looked horrible. Um, and it, I, I, then Mike Conley came back, and he, he looked like he um, he just had a new kid, and he was changed man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's he's playing better. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's rest or what. But Utah's look much better um, for sure. And so I think that they'll definitely win this series. Uh, Denver could catch one game to push it to a six-game series. But I'd almost doubt it. I'm, it might go uh, a five games. Mm, sad because I would have thought Denver would have won this. I thought they had a really good shot at it. But the series, of course, we all want to talk about. I know it's going to be hard to not talk about this for 20 minutes, but it's the Clippers <laughs> and the Mavericks tied up two to two. Holy Luka Doncic without Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis hitting that game winner after Marcus Morris hit that dirty corner three and then sh- pretended to shoot Kleba's shoes. Did y'all see that? Uh-oh. No, I did not. After he hit that corner three, he pointed at Kleber's shoes and like shot a gun at it. I guess oh. that's like a new that's thing. Dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> Fake gun, finger gun. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't whip out a same man. Javaris <laughs> Crittenden back in the NBA. <laughs> Let me get, get my gym bag. Gilbert Arenas <laughs> could play a ten day. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> This has been an awesome series, right? Luca had that t- bad yeah. twisted ankle, just came out, did that incredible 42-point, you know, 13 rebound, 15 assist, triple-double, whatever that number is. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Luca has a flu game. How awesome is this series so far, right? Yeah. It's my favorite thing uh, that has – that. it's my favorite bas- set of, like series that's been on. It's the best basketball that, like, I've seen – it has truly been like when everyone talks about matchups where, you know, everyone tries to find something to, you know, sell it to people why you would watch. And usually, you know, they don't really, you know, actually sell it correctly because that's not how the matchup is. This is truly like elite offense versus elite defense. And mm. it's and it's just the seesaw of who is coming out and going to put forth like that best effort from their side that night and it has been awesome i i mean it's fantastic to watch luca looks like a 20-year vet in year two and i mean it's it's crazy i mean do you have specific moments you can think of or just in all of everything he has been able to do trey burke having the series seth curry doing his (laughs) thing I mean, if Chris stops, if if Porzingis isn't ejected in game one, I mean, are we? They're up 3 1 right are now. Are they up 3 right. 1 on the Clippers? Do we believe that? Man. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Really? I don't know if I believe that because you can't count a team 
Even though he gets thrown out, they weren't up. Were they? Were they up by what? It was five or six at Maybe that point. Maybe a couple. I mean, points, it was still a right? close game at that point. Like, I mean, you got to think that when the tallest guy on the team and like arguably their second most important player is not playing, that that's going to affect the outcome of the game. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that like for sure they would have won, but I think if he would have still been in the game, like they the Clippers were on their heels the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there's been huge swings. Like late uh Clippers have had, you know, 20-point leads going into the second half and then they uh, Mavericks claw back in it. Like I think the game 4, you know, Clippers are up by 20 something points. Mavs go on this huge run. Not only do they make this huge run to close the gap, but they take like a 12 point lead into the fourth. And then the Clippers fight back from that. Like it's just, it's been a wild series. I have no idea what's going to happen because I felt pretty confident on who was going to win it. And it just doesn't <laughs> feel that way anymore. Like, D- Daniel, are you kind of 50 50 on that? Or do you think the Clippers are. Like Paul George, we know has been awful. <laughs> yeah. Does he turn it around? It kind of seems like if Paul George gets going, this series is done. If he continues, for sure. If he continues to struggle, this is kind of up in the air. Is that how you yeah. see it? Yeah, because Kawhi's been Kawhi, Luca's been Luca, uh, Porzingis has kind of been who he is. Uh, they've all three played well, and Paul George has not done anything. Um, that's just been helpful for his team, honestly. Um, and so he just hadn't been the next level superstar that that needs to be with Kawhi. The whole reason Kawhi went there. So right, I, I could have see, a theory. I could see that this thing goes seven games, mm. and it's a you know knockout, dragout fight. And that honestly, for whoever wins that seventh game, could be an issue moving forward. Because it looks be like drained. I think this heart of a series, seven games, could actually hurt them in the future. Wow. Now, obviously, you can't not play hard because you have to win to get to the next round. But that could be this whole pivotal kind of turning point that you see this next round. It could be where they just can't get their feet and their legs under them for the next game um, or the next uh, series, the next round. And they're already behind the eight ball, and then they just are feel like they're always catching up. So I, I even if they dig it through that round, then they're playing who either the Rockets um, or the Lakers more than likely. Either one of those two right. that get out. So that's tough. But um, but Cody, what's your theory? This is a theory about why Paul George is not playing well in this series in particular, and why this series, this particular matchup is a poor one for Paul George. And none of this has anything to do with basketball. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that I have seen on the internet recently. Yes. All right. I'm ready. So, Doc Rivers' daughter <laughs> is currently married to one Seth Curry. Currently? Is that how you're going to phrase it? Current. Okay. Oh, I mean, they're married. <laughs> they are married. They have, a, they have a child together. Seth Curry, Callie Rivers, married. Five years ago, she dated Paul George. What's interesting about this is while they were together, Paul George got a stripper pregnant. Mm. And not, in today's game, not mm. not a good idea. Not a not a good look. And in today's game, <laughs> Seth Curry could be seen calling Paul George a mm. after he uh, 
scored and was fouled on an and one. Yes. So I'm just saying that like Paul George is in like a no win situation because Doc Rivers probably doesn't love Paul George a whole lot, I would assume. Um, mm. And then also Seth Curry is out there cooking him on the offensive end. So I, I'm just saying I think Paul George <laughs> mentally is really affected in this series. I feel like there's a lot of baggage just everywhere he looks on the court. Um, mm. So I think that the pressure of his – infidelities <laughs> and uh just you know all around people not liking him in this in the uh bubble in that arena there's you know out of how many people are in that building at least two percent there's probably a hundred people in there two percent of them definitely don't like him <laughs> it's probably a much higher percentage than he's used to in in nba arenas it's probably messing with him mentally i uh Ooh. i like that theory because my my favorite nickname that people have given him is uh pandemic <laughs> pandemic p pandemic p i'm sorry that's so petty but i absolutely love it it's it's fantastic it's yeah, my it's favorite great. thing uh now let's talk about draft lottery all right i'm sure mm. we'll get more once we get the series actually finished we'll talk more about the actual matchups and those in depth but the draft lottery, me and Daniel were able to help hop on a new uh, beta testing for an app called Locker Room, test it out, and it turned out pretty fun. I had a good time, Daniel. How about yourself? Yep. I had a good time. It was good. I think we entertained the people. I hope so. Did you so. guys have a locker room talk? It was oh, kind yeah. of like that, yeah. And, uh, Don't get canceled. I showed up, you know, throwing heat, you know, terrible like hot, normal. you know, hot takes. And we, well, we, give even, me a hot take. we even had people join in on our discussion. So people were engaged by my hot takes. We're practically what hot ta- going. Give me your hot takes. We're going really big, Ryan. So or Cody. One of, my, one, of you. one of my hot takes was I told Daniel what the, the lottery order was actually going to be because Adam Silver, you know, told me. And obviously, okay. obviously that order was completely wrong. But Yeah, um, absolutely. The first, yeah. the first one, Minnesota I, got the first pick. I said the Atlanta Hawks were going to win the lottery and they're going to draft James Wiseman, even though they got Clint Capella. They're going to get rid of Capella and just you know go with Wiseman. And some guy in the comments like laughed and thought I was retarded for that. Uh, and then Daniel asked me a question about which pick I thought would be like a sleeper for the lottery, and I said I have a guy who everybody has in the lottery that I don't think should be there. And I said Obi Toppin, which mm. on most oh. which on most mm. mock drafts are he's in like four to seven range. So yeah. you're saying Obi's not topping your list? He is not oh, topping just, my list. Just, just wait for the story. And so Here it comes, gentlemen. You know, in the app they have this cool feature where you can ask to speak and you join in, in the conversation with me and Daniel. Besides that, you're kind of like a viewer listening to what <laughs> we're saying. And so he joined in and was like. I'm sorry, but I cannot let this Obi Toppin slander continue. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a huge Dayton fan, and I've watched he every went to game. School there. Went to school there. He's like, I've watched every game. Like, sorry, but I don't like him. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but no, he was really cool. Like, he wasn't like combative about it. Like, he was really cool. Presented his case, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure we'll nice. do it again. Yeah. Hopefully we get all three of us because, Cody, I think it's a perfect format for you. Uh, yeah, it probably is. So I, take Central. I think you'll yeah. love it. 
but the actual I have a hot take. Go ahead. Uh, Joel Embiid is a loser. <laughs> wow. Not like I mean, like not like as a person necessarily, but like he'll always be he, a loser in the playoffs. He just will always be a loser. I don't think that like he has winning. Winning just doesn't. He's like you know, just not a winner. He's like he's like the. I would just wish that guy would would apply himself. Hmm. Isn't that frustrating? He's like, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that one person who's like never has a job, right? And stuff like that in real life. And it's not necessarily because they like can't get a job. They're just like, eh, yeah. Why? <laughs> like I live at my parents' house and they pay for stuff, right? Uh, but you know, Joel Embiid is just like living in his parents' house of like everyone being so happy that he's in Philadelphia that he's so good, and. Now I think his parents are going to be gone and he's going to have to live on his own. Mm. Nice little aside to the lottery draft. You were, you were uh, ready for that hot take. I feel like you've been wanting to get that off your chest for a week. I have been thinking about it a lot, just watching the playoffs. I'm like, man, Joel Embiid, not impressed. I'm until just, until I, he decides I'm, to leave I'm, I'm and, and join you know, one of these super teams. But mm. Even uh, then, I'm out. So the lottery, as it happened, the funniest thing that happened was obviously the New York Knicks being stuck with the eighth pick. That was really funny. Mm -hmm. Relevant to us Memphis fans, they got the 14th spot, which we thought they would. Um, And so that pick goes to Boston. So finally, that monkey is off the Grizzlies' back. So if they decide decide they want to tank next year, which I am all okay for if they want to, I know they won't. But if they want to, I'm okay for it because next year's draft is supposed to be pretty star-studded. So at least we'll have our pick back, so that will be a nice feeling. Um, (laughs) The biggest loser of this draft lottery to me was actually the Cleveland Cavaliers. To go from having a, you know, tied for the third highest odds for the number one pick to going to the fifth pick, Mm. I mean... I know it's a weak draft, so it's not a disaster. But if you're a Cavs fan, that's got to be pretty disheartening, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe, but you've also had three number one picks since I've been 12 years old. (laughs) See, I'm not saying... They average a number one every six years. Like, that's not bad. There's There's 30 teams in the NBA. I'm not saying they deserved it, but, I mean, to be, you know high odds like that and get jumped by yeah uh uh Charlotte. they also won a championship within the last five years Nah, i'm out on feeling bad for the Cavs. <laughs> to to get jumped by chicago and charlotte you know who had you right. know seven percent chances both to get in there so i mean they had seven percent chance seven seven times out of a hundred is better than none it's all about how the balls bounce and it's also <laughs> another thing to think about when you look at these odds is every team has more of a chance of not getting the number one pick than they do of getting it. So realistically, oh. you weren't getting it anyway. Oh, fair. There you go. But I mean, <laughs> this is such a weak draft. At five, that's like disaster zone, right? Because they either get a okay, rotation such, player or it's an absolute bust, which the Cavs kind of needed a, a for sure thing, right? Well, well, but how many franchise players, franchise altering players, are in this draft? Maybe one. That's fair. 
Yeah, but they could, you know, maybe think outside the box and make some trades. Um, that's what I think they should do. You think they'll package five with like Kevin Love? Do you want to save your uh, no. your your trade teaser until we talk about the draft more in depth when we get closer to it? Uh, listen, I can throw out I can throw it out now and just see it continuously coming to fruition. Okay, do it. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors need to come together and make a little trade because Cleveland can get better by playing the long game here by getting better prospects now. So you have the fifth pick is, um, already. So why not get the second pick overall? You send Kevin Love to the Golden State Warriors. In exchange, you'll get Andrew Wiggins. And then if you need to send a second-round pick just to make them feel better in Golden State, uh, then that's fine. Just in, you know because they're sending you a nice pick, uh, fifth overall. So, so in this I, draft, I, you would get the second pick, the fifth pick, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. And just I, for maybe a second-rounder and Kevin Love. That, Daniel put it out there. We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll come back to it because we got to get moving because I do want to talk about some executive stuff. Obviously, Alvin Gentry was fired. I don't know if you had specific thoughts about that. It seemed, you know, talking with people I know that are Pelicans fans, everyone just kind of feels like they like Gentry, think he's a good offensive coach, but it's just time for a change. And they they also kind of blame the players themselves. A lot of Pelicans fans don't think that team really plays that hard all the time. So is that on Gentry or is that just how the players are? I don't well, know. If you're the coach, it is your job to figure out what motivates your players and motivate them that way. That's I fair. Mean, like it's, that's kind of the like the whole deal. Yeah, there's like offensive and defensive schemes, but like honestly, you have 14 assistants for that kind of stuff. Like your job is like the head coach is to get people to do what you want them to do. It's to unify people to achieve a goal. And so if you can't get guys to play hard on a basketball court when they're going to be getting paid millions of dollars, like that's probably an issue. Also, I felt like the writing was on the wall for Alvin Gentry when like even though he was on a that Zion was on a minutes restriction, he couldn't figure out the math to get him in at the end of games instead of having him not play for the last 14 minutes of games when they're like in a close game as opposed to like not wearing using all of his minutes in the second quarter. Yeah, it does kind of feel like if they start the restart, you know, at least 2 and 1 or 3 and 0 oh, using Zion a little bit at the or end with a plan, you know then maybe they actually are one of these teams fighting for that play-in instead of just completely out of it altogether. I get it about Alvin Gentry. I've always liked Alvin Gentry. I think he's uh, his best role on an NBA bench is as an overqualified assistant, right? Like, he's overqualified to be assistant, but you can't really put him on the bench, like, as the head coach, like, as your lead guy. So... I feel bad for him a little bit, but I understand the need for direction change. This guy I do not feel bad for because I think he's terrible. And that's Chicago or ex-Chicago Bulls coach now, Jim Boylan. They they got rid of him after a lackluster two seasons. Well, it wasn't really two seasons. It was like 
30 games one season and then not even a full season. So he didn't really even get a full NBA season with the Chicago Bulls. But in those... He missed too many time punches was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you brought it up because that's going to be my favorite memory of Jim Boylan is he actually had a time clock for the players to punch in and punch out of. The dumbest thing I've ever heard of. In the two years that he was with them, they went. Th- Good way to keep track of how much they're in the gym. They went thirty-nine and eighty-four. Obviously, he fought with Zach Levine, who is, I assume, they think their franchise player. Players never really seemed to like him. To me, <laughs> forty he, fucking points. <laughs> he's he's a high school coach to me. Like that's just how he approaches it. Like the way he talks to people and players. I mean. If Zach Levine's your cornerstone player, I mean, is any kind of head coach kind of screwed to begin with, Daniel? Right. Right. <laughs> they don't yeah, have much I, to. I, yeah, that's your best player. So, I think no matter who gets that job, sucks. He probably was trying to do the kind of the, hey, let's go ahead and give you some tough love mentality, give you responsibility. And these kids, they don't want that anymore, honestly. So, right. um I don't think that's the way to get these guys, and I think he just went the wrong way of doing it. Uh, so, sorry, see you later. I don't think he's that good of a coach anyway, but um, he'll he'll catch on some some assistant somewhere. I do want to talk about Brett Brown uh, with the 76ers. We mentioned earlier that I think we all assume that I mean, it, it, news might have come out already that he's been fired. And we're just, you know, too late on it by the time this airs. Uh, but do we all three agree that he is going to be fired? Or does anybody have yeah. a case on why he should be kept? They're not going to fire Joel Embiid, so they will fire Brett Brown. Daniel? True. Yeah, I, I think there's a way he stays. Mm. But I, I think they would have to get rid of uh, either Simmons or Embiid to keep him. And I think that... Either Simmons or Embiid, whoever stays, has to have requests that the other player go and to keep Brett Brown. That's the only way I think Brett Brown stays. That is my my only argument for Brett Brown. I'm also a big Brett Brown fan. Is they were within a couple bounces of potentially making the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and yeah. who knows going toe to toe with Giannis. Maybe they make the NBA Finals. Who knows? Uh, But at least they make the Eastern Conference Finals. So he led them to that. Now, obviously, with getting rid of Jimmy Butler, going all big, Elton Brand paying, you know, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, that money, bringing in Josh Richardson. um, He just didn't really do anything with it, right? They were kind of the same old sluggish, boring, couldn't shoot kind of team. And he has already taken blame for that, that he didn't maximize the the players that he had. But I kind of give him a little bit for having to start Shake Milton. Like, if Shake Milton's your starting point guard, I don't think that's really the kind of right. caliber you're going to have to be a challenging playoff team. Uh, the other thing that I've kind of seen in rumors is that they got rid of Jimmy Butler because Brett Brown just didn't want to deal with him anymore. Yeah. I that's think, a bad look for Brett Brown. I think that's well, a pretty bad know, look. Well, he also didn't know Jimmy's name. Fair. He said that was James Butler one night, and Jimmy said, my name is Jimmy. 
<laughs> so it's just a bad it says look. says Jimmy on my birth certificate. Maybe it's a time to go. My other question about it would be, if you don't think Brett Brown is the right guy to lead it to the playoffs, who in the world out of the coaches out there sitting at home yeah. is the one to lead this team? Because Stan Van Gundy. I'll kind of tie this in with the Brooklyn Nets, the coaching candidates. I mean, the Nets reportedly some of the people that have come out they're going to be interviewing for it jason kidd ty Lu, <laughs> emmy odoka who's actually a 76ers assistant and jeff van gundy yeesh wow. i yeah. mean there's been a lot of talks of people who thinks that mark jackson deserves another chance at a coaching yeah. job so if they get rid of if this odoka guy is a 76ers assistant if they're going to get rid of Brett Brown, are they just going to promote from within? Or do they think they need a new look that comes in from outside? But who in the world is that person that is qualified I enough? A, I, I have a question. Sure. Where is Dave Yeager? What are mm. NBA teams doing? Uh. Like, how is he not go- – like, what? Like, where is he at? I have not I heard know. from Dave Yeager at all. Dave Yeager is a very good coach who had the Kings on the cusp. and Well, we're actually talking about the Kings. I saved them for last because I wanted to go over that extensively. But that is a great suggestion. Great suggestion. Daniel, do you have a suggestion? Or do you think it's just retain Brett Brown, hope everybody's healthy? I'm not saying there's a better candidate out there than Brett Brown. But sometimes you have to make changes because if he can't, figure out the relationship with the guys, then in the end, that's what you, you have to go do. So I don't know if the, one of the assistants has a better relationship and can get better bench coaches with him. But um, if he's lost the locker room, it's over. No matter how good of a coach you are, it's pretty much over. Um, I think you're going to have to have the blessing of one of the, the one of the big two that's on that team. You hope and Embiid they have still to likes him. Yeah, there's got to be that. That's the only way he stays. Uh, but out there, Ty Lu is way overrated. I think Mark Jackson is like just because these guys have not been coaching, people forget how bad their last stints were and last you know jobs were. They're right. just not that good. And so I I I think that even in Brooklyn, I think they're gonna have a tough tr- 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 uh, tough <laughs> a tough time. Uh, picking out a, a coach because if you're looking at Jason Kidd who's not ever been he's been done okay but the last couple you of think Jason Kidd's at, a better coach than Ty Lue no I'd say I, they're equivalent <laughs> yeah he like that like Jason did he did okay but they pretty much ran him out of the last two places he was Ty Lue has just been around LeBron right so uh, I would I would go Jeff Van Gundy over them, but I would Oof. rather have Stan. I'd rather have Stan Van Gundy Oof. in the end. Interesting. Now let's talk about the New York Knicks hire across the pond. They say from Brooklyn. <laughs> That's England. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong pond. Hopefully, hopefully Wait. no one was picking up on it. Uh, You're talking about the Hudson River? The New York Knicks hired... <laughs> the Hudson Bay? The New know. York Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau. Yikes. Yeah, R.J. Uh, Barrett is going to be playing 49 minutes a game next season. <laughs> He'd love it. He'll love it. Uh, 
Do we have any hope that that actually works out for him and the Knicks? No. Man. They're going to be, like, Frankie Smokes is going to get some burn playing all that defense. Boy, talk about someone who is kind of outdated with the times. Times yeah. probably passed him by. Now, if he comes out regenerate, you know, reinvigorated from that time off from coaching and starts being like Rick Carlisle adjustment, that would be crazy. <laughs> but the problem is, is the roster, right? They're 10 power forwards. Man's going to come out and run a – Run a three seconds or less off. It's going to be two passes up the court and a shot. It's going to be Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> I have no Shoot hopes. Got it. I have no hopes of that actually succeeding, but it will be entertaining because New York media is and fans are relentless. And I, he also has a real good squad up there to work with. He's got a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of good material there. Uh, excellent players under contract. Um, set up for the long term right (laughs) yeah they're really set up for a a deep playoff run next year with this coaching change although they have some belief that they're going to get a star player soon and they uh i feel like you could just put a cardboard cutout in front of the Knicks bench and just let those guys run around and you'd almost get the same results (laughs) every year save save yourselves a couple million dollars just yeah just 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 get on like what what what's it called fat is it a fat head they should just do fat one head, of these yes. digital yeah, fans they just just do a screen from that <laughs> the head coaches they should just they should just get a fat head of charles barkley looking disappointed <laughs> i don't know why it would be charles barkley no they should get a uh, i would never mind i don't know <laughs> willis reed that's who i was trying to think of. okay just get a picture of willis reed looking disappointed <laughs> <laughs> Willis Reed looking disappointed. Just a fat head of Willis Reed being sad. Now, I want to close with this one. I've saved this one on purpose because I think it's hilarious. What a disaster. Vladi Divac stepped down <laughs> as, uh, you know, the uh, Kings GM. Joe Dumars, the classic double phones using the old school, you know, cord, uh, is an attempt role to help find a replacement for Divac. I just wanted to give a rundown of kind of his big moves. You know, there's a lot more little stuff, but these are the big ones that stuck out to me that I find kind of funny. Um, his overall record in his tenure, the Kings went 162 and 238. Is it That's good, right? miserable? But obviously it's not good. The beginning of it, remember, does anybody remember when he fired and then like a day later unfired George Carl? Anybody remember no. that? Uh, I don't back. remember that. He fired George like Carl. Back in the day. It came out sources that he was going to fire George Carl. And then he came out later and said, that's not true. We changed our mind. We're going to keep him. Then with Dave Yeager who was doing well with the Kings and was turning it around, had really helped De'Aaron Fox kind of move forward into actually being, you know, a real NBA point guard that would be their cornerstone player for the future. Fired Dave Yeager because I guess he had too many disagreements with Divac and ownership on how the team should be run and just basically leave him alone and let him coach it, which he should. Right. And hire Luke Walton on purpose in his place. Like that was going to be an improvement. 
on purpose. The only positive he's had in this entire time is actually actually drafting Deer and Fox. But in that same draft, they had the tenth pick. They took Zach Collins and flipped him for two mid first round picks to the Blazers and drafted Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. If you haven't paid attention, Justin Jackson's already been traded to the Dallas Mavericks. So good job on that one. Um, Harrison Barnes, they just gave four year, $85 million deal after he was two years past being washed up. And then they had an issue this season with them not paying Buddy Heald. And, you know, they had that kind of weird, awkward, like, Buddy was saying comments after games and tweeting things. And then, you know, Divac was saying stuff during interviews for like a week or two. And then they decided after Buddy had a couple, like, 30, 40-point games that they are actually going to give him a deal. So he did that whole thing. The biggest one, of course, is passing on Luka Doncic <laughs> in favor of Marvin Bagley because he didn't like Luka's dad because he knew him. Like, he knew him. It's like, <laughs> you can't make that up. Wow. The dude passed on a once-in-a-lifetime future MVP generational talent because he didn't like the kid's dad. You don't know what his dad did to him. What would he, he have done something possi- crazy? What would he have possibly done to him? I don't know. <laughs> but he might have done something. You don't know. You, what I mean, like think of like any blood feud that you've ever had. <laughs> what would someone have had to do to you? Did he like, sleep with his wife? What if, is maybe or maybe married? he just slapped his. Maybe he just slapped his. Wife. I don't even know if Dimitri is married. I don't know. Maybe he took the last cigarette one time. Mm. Maybe he constantly bums cigarettes and doesn't actually pay back, give him a quarter for it. Yeah, maybe he just always is. He's like just that guy who just is always like, "Hey man, can I get a cigarette?" And like he never ever is has any. So he's a stick of gum guy, except with coals. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Wow, I don't know. Uh, Does Vladi smell cool? I'm sorry. I had to save that for last because I thought that was the funniest because the poor Sacramento Kings, man. Like, just the record of it is miserable. And now they got Joe Dumars, who did build a championship team in Detroit, but he's just there to find a replacement. It's not like he's going to have a lot of, you know, decision-making power because apparently he's going to have to – go directly to the owner and the owner is Vivek is making the decisions himself. So that's that's always smart. That guy, that's always a recipe for disaster. When your owner is that guy wanted the Kings to start running a press because he ran a press coaching his daughter's basketball team and they like went undefeated or something (laughs) so he wanted the kings to run a press (laughs) hey i figured out this great thing my daughter's eighth grade basketball team we pressed the whole time and we won and we (laughs) beat the brakes off of people we beat the brakes (laughs) off those girls uh they're the sacramento queens for a reason they'll have to figure out how to get an actual good manager or some kind of management whatever gm or anything but they need to go outside the organization somewhere that somebody has not had anything to do with the sacramento kings in the past 
So I, I think going outside the organization it will be the smartest thing. Well, you never know. Elton Brand might be available soon, so maybe uh, he'll yeah, be a perfect hey, candidate. I bet there's a Colangelo somewhere that can help out. I'm sure there's always a Colangelo out there to help out. He's got to be able to get – He's he's got to afford those collars somehow. <laughs> now, Cody, before we close, do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, No. Nothing at all. I, Where can I, people find I, you at on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at uh, – at uh, whoa! No, I'm just kidding. It's um, <laughs> at Cody underscore Holsey at at Cody, Cody underscore, underscore Holsey at Cody underscore Holsey at. No, I was just saying it again. <laughs> so if you didn't catch it the first time, or like if you skip forward 15 seconds and you try to skip back after a few to kind of get through it, you still catch it. There you go. <laughs> they don't. What so about every 15, you? <laughs> every 15 seconds, I'm going to say my Twitter handle just in case. So this at will be a Cody minute and 45 seconds long. <laughs> No, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel Greer. Um, you can follow the uh, thing I write for uh, at at Grizz underscore lead with the lead sports media. Um, and so follow us there for sure. Uh, you can also follow Ryan's. the lead. Follow us at Free Basketball Three. <laughs> yes, I gotta keep throwing them in. I am at RD Meadows Eleven. Obviously, we are part of the lead sports media now, and you can follow them at the lead SM. So please retweet this, like it, share it with all your friends, message us if you want to, you know, have something you want us to discuss or just have a comment in general. Thanks for tuning yeah, if in. You just want to tell us we're idiots. Yeah, especially that. We don't hear that enough, probably. Um, yeah, I will yell at you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Hope everyone enjoys the remaining games in the first round. Hope we get a couple more exciting games. And on to the second round.